0: Britain is about to witness the birth of Robot Wars.
1: They're still making final adjustments.
0: Three, two, one, activate.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to Activate the Ribble Wars Podcast. I am Benji, also the Hitman. Along with me, as always, it's been a couple of years and he's still angry I got taken off the air. It's Robbie Armlessly.
2: Yep, it's me, I'm still here. Hello, three or four remaining <laughs> listeners. <laughs> How are you? I'm assuming it's gonna be who will our listeners be? Ukulele Chris? Chris Tweets. Or Chris who Tweets. Or Chris who has a Eurovision podcast. Oh, does he? Yeah, he does. It's called. Think about Eurovision. She sounds like it's good quality and a good little podcast, as yeah, opposed to some... It's t- actually
1: sounded like it's been recorded really well. Yeah. <laughs> which I- is excellent for, a, like, a homemade podcast. And also, I really love Eurovision, so I'm going to be listening to that a lot. So, what have we been doing for the last year? Well, we've been hiding, as everyone else has, from the virus. <laughs> uh... Yeah. Yeah. We could have been more productive with
2: our time. Yes! Yes. And no, it's difficult when there's a pandemic. Well, you don't I, know what yeah. the right answer is.
1: But uh, I mean, literally, we're, we're using the pa- we can't use the pandemic as an excuse for not recording because we're literally recording is just sitting on your ass talking into a microphone.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. There's actually so yeah. many methods that could be used for that as well. Yeah, exactly. We could have skyped all of this. Uh, yeah, yeah, but. Okay, I don't have an excuse, no. really. We're terrible. No. I think we're just lazy. But then you have to watch a whole episode of Robo Wars, and that takes, what, 20 minutes?
1: Well, it's funny, because watching the episode takes 20 minutes. Pausing every five seconds to write something sarcastic or angry
2: <laughs> yeah, can it make that take... an hour and a half <laughs> process. <you laughs> yeah, know? that's true. That's true.
1: It's, it's, it's not as straightforward as uh, watching the show and then babbling on about it like an idiot for an hour. I mean, obviously, that's a large portion of it.
2: But you know. <laughs> so, That's, yeah, that's most of the hour, but Ooh. then there's... An- there's a small section, like this here, where we ramble incoherently, hoping to get something out. to
1: eventually find our footing.
2: <laughs> it's been
1: a long time. Do we just jump straight in at this point?
2: We've got this season to go through. We're going to try our best to get through. Season 2, Series 2, whatever you want to call it, of the original Robot Wars from 99, Heat J. Series 2, Heat J is where we got to. Luckily, most of these heats have been very, very similar. <laughs> So I don't think we really have to remember what's happened so far. I think we'll be reminded once we get to like the semi-finals and stuff. Yeah, quite easily. They've got a format and they stick with it every single episode at the moment. They don't try
1: anything too crazy or out there. Even like the gauntlet's are starting to show a
2: pattern. Starting, we're on to heat J. <laughs> this is ingrained <laughs> into my mind. Like you could show me any heat, and I don't know if I'd be able to differentiate them like very easily. No, that's right. That's right.
1: And I feel like they're being really brief with the backstage drama stuff as well. They do cover it. You do get some backstage stuff, but it is like, oh, is your bottle right?
2: Yeah. <coughs> and
1: then we're back, in the, we're back in the arena again. It's like, what? 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 They could have made the show an hour. I think they
2: could have. Did they think kids didn't have the attention span for an hour show or something? I suppose it is still the early days for it. Even though it's really successful, this is only the second season.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah, and there may yeah. not have been that much backstage drama from the first season that made them think there would be a lot to cover in the second one. No, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so Heat J and we
1: start with Craig Charles, who I'm pretty sure was introduced as a dictator of sorts, which was a bit of a weird term. Medieval Japanese warriors,
0: known as the Samurai, lived by a simple code of honor. The Bushido, or way of the warrior, encourage one-on-one combat, where mental preparation and fighting with honor were just as important as the fight itself. Unfortunately, mental preparation and fighting with honor make the very poor television. That's why we at Robot Wars encourage the code of get in there and batter you other any which way you can. And it's only contestants who honor this code will be finding themselves in our series semi-finals. So let's nip on over and meet our wheeled warriors.
2: And then he starts banging on about Samurais and Bushido. Yeah, Bushido is like the only keyword I got from Craig Charles' little monologue here until you told me to focus on his hands. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. so we're the second time watching it and I noticed that the entire way through he starts sort of grinding his fingers together and rubbing his hands constantly. I doubt that's uh, nerves. I doubt <laughs> that's stage fright from a man like Craig Charles. That may be coming from some much more darker part of his
2: life and personality. Since you're probably a big Robot Wars fan if you're listening to this, if you feel like watching season two again, focus on Craig Charles' hands and see how many different hand gestures he did. Hand gestures At did one you point, make. He's
1: basically just opening his hands every time he talks, and it kind of looks like he's talking with his hands if he blocked the top half of the screen. <laughs> like a little, which which like a little amazing. muppet. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's quite. It's quite I, surreal. Is that like something you get in like acting school or so, when you're presenting something, talk with your hands at the same time and then it keeps your body moving? I guess, something? yeah. I make know. sure you're yeah. doing something
2: with your hands. Again, we're making this up, but it sounds great. It sounds like we know what we're talking about. There's some advice to any wannabe actors out there.
1: Talk with your hands. God, that would really <laughs> mess someone up. It? <laughs> but how am I supposed to do that? Um, <laughs> okay, so Heat J, anyway. So blah, blah, blah. Craig Charles. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And then he starts introducing
2: the bots. Yeah, we get our robots. Right, I'm looking forward to this. It's been a year, so I'm imagining you've got some bloody incredible quips for us. This is going to blow everything out of the water. Twelve months in the making. This, ah, I can't wait. Here we go. Let's go through the robots, Ben.
0: From Southampton,
2: Brute. Now, Brute is actually a good one because it's an
1: anagram of robot, but also brute as in like you're a brute so you can see what they were going for there yeah that one's quite clever ask me another one
0: from olden talos
1: well you can't spell talos without lost or also these are anagrams
2: from norwich Ivanhoe.
1: you can't spell Ivanhoe without ho. yeah
2: as in the um the gardening. gardening equipment yeah the equipment. exactly
1: what what else
2: from <laughs> <Hallibanks>.
1: <laughs> nope from Southampton, kill Well, you can't spell it without kill, and you can't spell it without dozer, but if you're going to make anagrams of it...
2: If you take away ZDR, it's killdo.
1: Yeah, what's a killdo?
2: I don't want to know. <laughs> From
0: London, GBH.
1: Yeah, that's literally just letters. You can't anagram GBH. Is that all of them? I think that's all of them. Does that seem like a short list of bots to you?
2: One, two, three, One, four, five, two, six. No, that's the standard three, for season two. Four. Yeah, that's it. It all relied on... Brute being an anagram of robot. I know. And I thought, wow, anagrams, that would be a
1: fun thing to do. <laughs> and then it turns out everything has either a 18 plus anagram
2: <laughs> or no anagram at all and is just letters. <laughs> Let's talk about robot or brute, or whatever it's called. Brute's the one, isn't it? Yep. Its main weapon is a spike that's a spring We call it an unt. And here are the batteries and the two motors for the steering. 80.2 kilograms going at a mighty six miles per hour, a large black box of plywood wheels, and a spring-loaded rod on the front called...
1: What? I just put spring-loaded rod. I didn't write down what it was called. Apparently it's called an unce. An unce. What is this... were you? U-N-T-Z. U-N-T-Z. Is that, a, like, a thing, or... What did you write down, man? An unce is known as sound of the kick drum in house and electronic <laughs> dance. With... Oh, unce. <laughs> what the hell, guys? Are you sure that's right? But they called their spike the uns. <laughs> they called
2: it the uns. And it's a nickname for a schoolyard punch, apparently. Mm,
1: I don't what, remember when I you, you get punched, you punch,
2: <clears throat> go,
1: <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Okay. Man. Okay, so ignoring all of that, it kind of looks like one of those boxes that roadies kind of push around at a gig. You know, it has you're all the right. speaker equipment in and stuff. It kind of looks exactly like that. But with <laughs> massive wooden wheels. And a big spike on the front, so no one gets in the way. So this is only Series 2, so I suppose wooden wheels, it wasn't as
2: glaringly a bad choice as to know why you shouldn't have them. I suppose so, yeah. Like, I'm sure at the time it was like, well, they'll be strong and they'll be lightweight. Do you know what the tyres were made of? What? They had tyres. They pulled apart a water hose and nailed it into the wheels. okay. Okay. I mean, you can see how it works, and like, you got, you you know, why buy tires if you got a spare water hose going along? How crazy is it that in the latest series,
1: we had engineers laser cutting parts <laughs> for their bots? And back then, some guy cut up a garden hose to put around wooden wheels, oh, nailed it amazing. into the wooden
2: wheels. Lucky it didn't split or anything. That is phenomenal, man. Yeah, Brute basically has the full on dad's garage aesthetic going on. Yeah. It's not a good bot. <laughs> I'm <laughs>
1: trying not to be harsh, but wooden wheels and possibly a spring loaded rod. I'm not sure we see much action from it.
2: No, we don't know how much sheer damage the spring-loaded rod yeah. could really do. For all we know, they, they, all of this stuff is just to compensate for the weight
1: of the spring-loaded rod, which it turns out is apocalyptically <laughs> strong. 70 out of the 80 kilos is this <laughs> incredible rod that could pierce <laughs> this, this launching mechanism that
2: could kill a man, just hidden within brute. But, so, it's a bot, it's a bot. It works. Yeah. <clears throat> it moves. There are robots out there that just don't do that. So, you know, it's functional. That's always a good thing. Exactly. Let's move on to Ivanhoe. It's made with a plastic shell, and if it gets tipped over, it rewrites itself into the shape of it.
1: The novelty of Ivanhoe is that it does look like a knight's helmet, but with like an axe sticking out the front. Kind of like someone turned an axe around and then lodged it into the knight's face.
2: Oh yeah, handle first, like straight into the knight's helmet, like in the spaces of the visor. Exactly. A lance underneath, so that'd be coming out of the bloke's chin. I I feel like... Jesus, yeah. Man, this guy got messed up. (laughs) Decapitated. Lance, axe, sticking out of face. I mean, the lance itself, I almost feel like that's just there so they can say that he's a knight and he's got a lance. Yeah. Because because the real feature is the axe. Yeah. The axe wasn't knight enough for him, so they went with a lance as well. Yeah. I guess it keeps people away, the lance. I don't know. The axe points in the same direction. Exactly. It would have made more sense to have one pointing one way, one pointing the other. Give yourself a bit more ground, to, but whatever. Exactly. This only cost 250 quid to make. But it took four months to build, so I'm guessing there's a lot of, like, home parts have gone into this. Yeah, I kind of wonder how much of that is just,
1: like, designing it as well, and just giving it that cool kind of look. Because it does look kind of cool. For a 90s bot,
2: it does look kind of neat. It It, is just a knight's
1: head running about. It's actually got a really
2: good aesthetic to it. It does look like a big knight's helmet. It's been put together very well, especially for 250 quid. Not gone, like, all-out high-tech on this. They've done a decent paint job, which will make you stand out at this time. Yep.
1: And on top of that, it's
2: got that golden ratio
1: turning circle of zero, you know. So it's got a lot going for it as a bot. Now they claim, they
2: claim that it's self-writing. No, you're saying they claim. I saw <laughs> video evidence in the episode <laughs> of it rolling straight back onto its wheels with no help whatsoever. So there was definitely no assistance from one of the uh, from one of the team members <laughs> pushing it back onto its. Uh... It doesn't, you can't say a football moves on its own. This like, is true. It doesn't. You have to kick it first. So what makes them think Ivanhoe is going to roll on its own? I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's a good bot. It's I like a- the way it looks. I like the uh, axe. I think they said like one axe swing per second. So one,
2: two. Three. Well, that's not bad. You for could what do some they damage with that. Yeah, for yeah. like the cost and everything of it, they've yeah. got something decent out of this. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's all right for the time. Hell yeah. Now let's look at. Hmm. Thinking. Let's go with Penetrator first, because its name makes me uncomfortable, so I want to get it out of the way. We've got four motors running each wheel, and they're powered by six, six volt batteries inside. We've got a single spike at the back, two single spikes at the front. Are they going to be with the pinning an opponent while we tap them with our circular saw? Does look kind of badass. It actually looks really good. It looks probably the most like modern. Yeah, that's yeah. What, yeah I'd say it's the closest to a modern robot in terms of the look we've got. Seventy-four point seven kilos. So they've taken the weight limit seriously, at least. Most yeah. bots seem to be about a kilo over. Mm-hmm. Six miles per hour, which is about average at this yeah. point. Uncomfortably named, as we've already noted. Oh, yes compact box with some ramming spikes and this like saw that very very slowly comes out of the front bottom end you almost feel like that's just been chucked on because they have to have a weapon it sounds yeah it looks yeah, cool yeah i mean really the the thing about Pentro that's so good is that it is such a practical and functional little box apparently the idea is you would use those spikes at the front to pin the robots in and then this saw would slowly come out it's I like mean, a poor man's dead metal you
1: kind of you're hoping for a very specific circumstance with a very specific
2: opponent for that to work. Yeah, especially in the Robot Wars arena where you've got like 20 house robots like constantly just ramming you for right. no reason.
1: Twice your size and just repeatedly bashing themselves into the
2: side of you. Yeah. The example yeah. they showed of their saw coming out was painfully slow and it seemed to be at almost ground level, which makes yeah. you think it would just go underneath <laughs> <And> their opponents <laughs>
1: wouldn't cut anything then but for the rest of it the rest of the bot is very practical and very functional and I think the selling point is just simply that that it is a box it will go and it won't break
2: perfect yeah use the spikes be a push bot why exactly. not exactly that's it that's yeah. it at the end of the day isn't it next up we have Killdozer it's powered by two 24 volt
0: electric wheelchair motors 24 volt batteries for these speed controllers uh, has a blade at the front
1: Power
2: hydraulics. Another blade at the back, also powered hydraulics, and that can lift in excess
1: of twelve stone. A bit brightly
2: coloured compared to Penetrator. Yeah, Kilda sort of comes out of nowhere. Really nice paint job. It looks, it looks good as opposed to sometimes like they come out colourful and it's, it's just hideous. But yeah. this looks pretty good. We've got its. Well, it's it's dozer part the uh, the the ramp at the front the uh, yeah lifting ramp lifting kind of ramp lifting on. scoop yeah. that's the word I'm looking scoop. for it's got a scoop so it's a very very low long box did they say it was one and a half meters long yeah long yeah it's they a made pretty a big long... deal
1: about how long it is which doesn't bode well in circumstances like
2: the gauntlet where you have to navigate around things. But where do you measure, like, the distance from? Do you measure it from how far the front of the bot got? Because if you do, then at least having a longer bot yeah. means you got further, but you it. Just do have you reach, there first, isn't it just gives you reach, doesn't it? Yeah.
1: yeah. That's just quite good. Um, it has a
2: 0.1 turning circle. I mean, at that point, does- <laughs> <laughs> would you just say zero? I mean, <laughs> can't quite turn on the spot, yeah. but it virtually would look like it could. So hydraulic lifting scoop on the front, which in theory means it should be quite a powerful scoop, although it is quite small. Mm. And it has a mean face on the scoop. It's advertised as hoisting a ton in theory. theory, Which is always very... They didn't have a ton at hand, but they're pretty sure if they had a ton somewhere, of something, that bot could lift it. I think it's more a case of, if they had a ton, it maybe might be able to move it if it was the right shape sort of a little bit. Mm. Because apparently, realistically, it's only around 12 stone. Now being that, you know, there are people that weigh that quite comfortably i'm gonna go ahead and guess that's not near a ton so you know so maybe on the moon it can hoist a ton
1: how can they be so specific with the turning circle when it
2: comes to what its lifting power is they're like i guess it could do a (laughs) turn between 170 and a thousand pounds (laughs) that's that's where the maximum range is damn that's vague it does have some spikes and blades on the back but the weapons seem secondary to the scoop Really? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which is interesting, it being such a long machine. Surely if you're going for something that's a scoop, you either want it wedged, or short, so it's not got massive, vulnerable sides. You want to be able to get forward-facing on the opponent really easy, don't
1: you? You want to be able to turn and face the opponent at the drop of a hat, so you can wedge the scoop under... You've got this big, long bot. Every time you turn, you're going to be taking everything next to you with you. You've got to be able to turn
2: and face the opponent at the drop of a hat. Yeah. You can't do that with a really long bot, can you? No, it, it looks cool, but practically speaking, long, thin bots don't sound like they work too well. <laughs> exactly. I mean,
1: if you take like the hands on a clock, they can have like a perfect turning circle, but that's still a huge wave of like you know <laughs> yeah. for the arm to get all the way around. You couldn't just turn and face
2: something with that kind of design, could you? So, no, no. no. So it was originally tracked, but then switched to wheels uh, with a, a rear-wheel drive. So that means, oh, so the front of the machine now has to turn in a huge arc, while the back has a sm- much smaller turning circle. So the
1: back is fine. The front swings. Yeah, but just like okay. the um,
2: what you said about... a yeah. Hands on the clock is exactly. exactly like that. That's the okay. problem it has. And see, that's the problem when your key weapon then is a by scoop. A f- it's like... Mm-hmm. there's a scoop that's right at the front. It would actually yeah. be more ideal having that scoop on the back at that point, or reversing where the drive is. Exactly. I would have flipped it. Now we have Talos. It's driven by two wheelchair motors. Um, it's belt driven. We can have high torque, low speed, or we can have low speed, high torque. And we're
0: running off 24 volts DC. And we can change
1: between two or four-wheel drive. Talos. Why do I have to sing the bot names? I don't know why I do that. First thing that stands out about Talos, other than the £500 price tag, is the 40mm ground clearance.
2: Really just spells out its fate quite clearly, doesn't it? Um, Do you know about Talos? Like, historically speaking? Go for it. Bronze giant created to protect the island of Crete. Ah, Ah. Yeah. Talos. So, it's supposed to look bronze... It looks more like I don't know, like someone dropped some burnt cheese, but it's a bit. It kind of resembles when they're demolishing a building and they pull out
1: the ventilation shaft sections. <laughs> yeah, okay, and you. it's kind of like the the metal's kind of faded, but it is like a metal box. It kind of looks like one of them. Really it's specific. specific <laughs> it's very specific,
2: but... but I do know what you mean. Yeah. This kind of it's not rusty or stained, yeah. but it's like. This weird patchy look. It's just been there a while. Yeah. And seen some stuff, you know. Mostly just a box with a slightly wedged front. i described describe the shape as kind of a blob.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: It's uh, steel spikes. Steel spikes? As a weapon, just a weapon, steel spikes. Just steel spikes. Yeah. It can be swapped, though. Do you want know what the secondary weapon is? What? It's a slightly longer spike. Oh, feeling daring, are they? Yeah, it had, wow. inter- it had an interchangeable drive setup as well. So this is like a really customizable bot yeah. that looks like a really not customizable bot. <laughs> so sometimes it'll have a four-wheel drive if it wanted more pushing power, but has a lower turning circle, but then it could move to a two-wheel drive for more speed and maneuverability. That's interesting. Clever thoughts. Uh, practically, how useful is it? I mean... I don't really know. But I suppose, yeah, if you're in a battle, get the four-wheel drive with the pushing power for something like this. And if you need to do a gauntlet, move over to two-wheel and be able to move and turn around easy. Yeah, exactly. It would depend on the trial, I suppose, as well. If you had a trial where you had to navigate a maze or something. Yeah. Yeah. And the team are all work buddies for an automation department. So that kind of makes sense. That they would think of these things. They would yeah, think of yeah, these yeah, kind yeah. of things, yeah. That their interchangeable drive would be really intricate and interesting, but their interchangeable weapon is, how about we just change the spike for a bigger spike?
1: Whenever I see just steel spikes as a weapon, it's just so disappointing. It's boring at that point, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's not a weapon. It's just a part of the bot that's pointed
2: than the rest of the bot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a pointier part. <laughs> Last, and well, definitely not least, GBH.
1: Inside, we have um, all the control electronics mounted in a box at the back. Uh, we have pneumatic air cylinders and pistons for driving the ram up. It's basically the Last Wars scrapper's chassis uh, with a lot of modifications to it. Uh, better gearboxes, better drive writers, and altogether, a better robot. Ah, TBH is such a good look. It kind of looks like a, a stripped-down house spot. It's kind of got like a big, big rounded shell over it, Uh, but you can tell it's just a shell. It's like there's a bot underneath and it's just wearing some big old armor mesh over it. A big, like, semi-orb thing over it to protect it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't look like the armor is part of the bot. Exactly. He's wearing it. It's the only returning team of the episode, but with a new bot. Originally, these guys had Scrapper, which didn't do particularly well, I don't remember. I think... I don't know, it just got beaten. I think it got flipped at one point or it just yeah. stopped working. So not a memorable bot, but they're bringing their experience in for the second time. So that's mm. pretty They've cool. reused the chassis, so the skeleton of Scrapper, which is noticeable when they take their shell off GBH. It's kind of the same steps shape underneath.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: But the main po- point of GBH is it's a pneumatic lifting ramp on the front. Which could lift around a hundred kilos, which sounds honest. Yeah. So I'm gonna, you know, not not four and a half million tons or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, if you go into space, and like on Mars, it happens to be able to lift like a, a small <laughs> building. No, no about a hundred kilos, which should be plenty when the weight limit's around eighty. Um, it apparently has like some saw blades at, at the rear. I didn't yeah, even realize they
1: listed circular saw as a weapon. And I was thinking mm, where maybe it's got one, but. I mean, there is a lot of saws appearing that never actually become relevant in the show.
2: I think this is the like the key of it being the early days, is saws sound great to them because saws are the tools they're using to cut up pieces of their robot to build. But when it comes to actually using them in a battle sense, you realize you have to apply a lot of pressure and use them in a very particular way. And it takes a long time for it to cut through certain yeah, they things. They kind of take
1: too much skill and uh too much of the right circumstance at the right time with the right opponent and it's never yeah. going to happen in such a chaotic environment like 90s robot wars you
2: have got to be cutting the right part like right material of the robot and if you get something too hard it's just going to wreck the saw instead exactly pre-spinner before they find out like what the real power yeah. is
1: when they realize that actually the size of the saw is more important than the power of the saw and Yep. It's then less... they realise
2: that the power of the saw
1: and the size of the saw combined, and then we get modern yeah. bots, don't we? Exactly. exactly.
2: You go for the blunt force trauma instead of the the sharpness of a saw, and it turns exactly. out it's far far more effective. So they've u- they're using a gearbox instead of speed controllers is really interesting. I've never thought of using a gearbox. So do they change gears on? I guess they have a, like a essentially a gear stick on the controller. I guess.
1: I mean, there can't actually be like a clutch system in the bot, could they? That'd, That'd be, be really strange, weird. wouldn't it? No, that, that's... It feels to too know. complicated, maybe. <laughs> now I'm
2: thinking, what? how crazy is this bot? <laughs> it's a very strange thing to try and do with a controller from 20 metres away. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it seems like an odd direction to go in, but... So they've got different gears inside the bot. How many gears? Good question. Yeah.
2: Most use speed controllers, which I put very simply, based on my very limited knowledge, I think basically controls the amount of power going to a motor... Yeah, so just to control how fast it's yeah. spinning but... just control
1: the revs via that that's quite interesting because that implies that they were thinking well sometimes we're gonna have to go really slow sometimes we're gonna go really fast and they to the point where you put gears in again I, 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 I suppose Damn. it makes
2: sense from thinking about it in a you know they've got their big scoop on the front so they're thinking about it in terms of maybe a pushing power point of view they can they can swap the gear when they need it to be more they need to have that more torque and just yeah
1: they could drop a gear and like sit there and push yeah very, very slowly push. Maybe that is where this has come from. And if you ho- needed to hold still, you could just drop the gears out, I guess, and just be yeah. stuck, you know? I mean, who knows? Who knows what this design can do? That's actually really clever. It's a shame it's not referenced more in the episode, to be honest. No, it's not referenced at all in the episode. No. If it
2: is, they it's very brief, there's the gears kind of deal. I, I don't remember them saying anything specifically about there uh, being a gearbox in this thing. And that's our six spots for <laughs> this episode. Oh, God. Now, as per usual... We've probably spent longer talking about the robots themselves than the episode because, good lord, the gauntlet always goes by. like. Yeah. I mean, It, t- it feels <laughs> like it takes about four hours when you're watching it, but when you talk about it, you realise... There's about, not much to say, is there? There's about 20 no. seconds per bot, and usually it's the same story. And in this case, oh boy, is it the same story almost God. every time.
1: This is a terrible gauntlet. So, when introducing the gauntlet, Philippa introduces the barrels as explosive barrels this is the gauntlet it's been described as an obstacle course but wipe out any memory you ever had of school sports day on a sunny afternoon it's still a race to the end but this is robot wars so we have angle grinders a flame pit explosive barrels and the might of all of our house robots awaiting our six gallant metallic athletes
2: they do say explosive on the side and they have a little graphic with with a big sticker they've printed out that is proof enough for me that these are legitimate hazardous <laughs> explosive barrels. What do you think they're filled with? Explosions, man! Nitroglycerin, <laughs> Like what's inside. What, they, what <laughs> makes a, the explosive barrels? They make a point of it as well. Yeah. Jonathan Pierce at one point is like, "Oh, going through the explosive barrels, like Nothing we're going to see Yeah.
1: I was so sure that the tops were going to blow off, or something, or some effect would be used. You have to Anything. use special effect if yeah. you're
2: advertising something as explosive. There has to be some smoke come out and that little pop.
1: It's just like '90s TV producers really had like low expectations of their audience. Just call them explosive barrels. People love it. Well, yeah. Do they do anything? Nah, no
2: one's going to care or notice. As long as they everyone acts like you have to be careful around them. Yeah, exactly. I'd love it if the like the crew when they were bringing out the explosive barrels like really carefully pulling oh, yeah, <laughs> each no. one out, like, and then stepping back and stuff like that. <laughs> it was like, like you know like those like
1: bomb defuser outfits on as they're putting them down. <laughs> That'd be amazing.
2: I'd love uh. it. Oh, that's insane! They should have shown that on the episode. that have been much better. The gauntlet itself. So we've now got a brick wall back again. Mm-hmm. The sentinel is gone. Remember the sentinel, the big, big digger. Yeah, that, that's, that was short
1: lived, and that's a shame because I really liked that.
2: It was interesting mm. That's like some kind of static Queen House robot thing. Like yeah. it was supposed. To, like it looked like it made the House Robots.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was just like some horrible, like lurking thing above the gauntlet. Maybe it was just too intimidating and, like, kind of creepy. Yeah. Because it was just hanging there. It looked... It was so more gothic cyberpunk than the rest of the set.
2: It really was. It stood out. It actually, it wouldn't surprise me if it needed a lot of maintenance. Imagine oh, they actually going to take it yeah. out to fix yeah. it. Because it's just some big digger-like thing that they've completely done up to look, like you said, all gothic and Cyber- cyberpunk. I mean, if they have to take the
1: set down in between certain filming events they probably were like look this takes hours
2: yeah let's they just are, get that's rid that's of it that's a good it, point you know? and maybe they just filmed all of the other ones earlier than this episode yeah but they it's the fact that they replaced it with the explosive barrels as if that's as <laughs> any if that competition
1: <laughs> <laughs> also could you imagine if like you had to do that gauntlet run you had to face the sentinel and then like later they yeah. were like yeah we got rid of it and you're like
2: what <laughs> That's the problem with the gauntlet. It changes every time. Every time we look at it, something is slightly different. Yeah. It's not the same gauntlet, which means it's not fair. I get it's supposed to be nice on TV, but when it's like, oh, what we, what, what can we replace the sentinel with? Uh, well, all we've got is barrels. We can't just have barrels. We'll say they're explosive. Then okay. we've got some hazard stickers. We'll chuck them on them. It'll be fine. What do we do encourage the competitors to act like they're being cautious around those barrels and
1: See, avoid them? This has always been my biggest gripe with the gauntlet. It completely removes all competitive element straight away from the very beginning of the episode. Yep. all you can tell anyone watching from home with half a brain can watch this and go, this is so rigged. It's so damn
2: rigged. It's rigged. It's unfair. It changes rapidly. And it doesn't really match like, you know, the title of the goddamn series, which is Robot Wars. Yeah. We just want war. We don't want fricking sports day event. It's so disappointing to see occasionally decent looking robots with interesting weapons and stuff not get past the gauntlet because they got stuck on a ramp. Yeah, a terribly designed
1: ramp. Because it's like, okay, they're going to go down the middle where the ramp is, but it's a ramp. But then it's got like a foot on either side of nothing. And it's like, of course bots are going to get stuck on it. If you're going to have a ramp in the middle, build the ramp so that it is flush to the sides of the walkway. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that would make sense. and They're just not yeah. going for that. So many bots <laughs> would have got through if they didn't get their wheels caught on that first bit. Ah. All right, let's get through it. First run is Talos. So Talos is cool because he
2: goes through the explosive drums. <laughs> and it's interesting because nothing explodes. Destroying the illusion. Considering the way everyone else goes after this, it's like the producers came along and went, do not go for the explosive drums. This is supposed to look intimidating. Or it's just like, guys, do not. I mean, those drums, man.
1: They're so dangerous. Do not do not go near I the mean, drums. after man. Talos has hit them. Oh gosh, they, they can go any
2: moment. <laughs> like, Talos has gone through the drums. The gig's up. Everybody knows. So was it? Dead metal and shunt come along. They try mm. and ram Talos, but Talos actually gets one back on dead metal. Pushes dead metal into a pit. It's like dead metal, I think, is reversing to avoid Talos coming for him. Mm. And this ends up in the pit anyway. Yeah, I suppose like
1: one way to look at it if if dead metal didn't want to move, dead metal wouldn't move. So he must have been reversing
2: slightly. Ended up getting a bit too far back. Made for a great moment. Talos can say it's uh, one of the few machines to beat a house robot. To pit a house bot. That's quite an accolade. So along come Shunt and Matilda to get revenge. Pin down Talos. They do a bit of hefty armor damage, um, especially Shunt, the axe coming down. Yeah. They wail on him quite a bit, but it's all superficial. It does get uneventful and boring sometimes when they the house robots swarm Another yeah. bot just to pin it there and not do anything. This is, is why just... Sir Killalot becomes popular because when Sir, Ki- at least when Sir Killalot comes along to unfairly do something, it's spectacular.
1: Yeah, and you know for a fact that the house bots could do this
2: under any circumstance. So yeah. when they don't do it, you're like, well, why? Are they, why are they not yeah. doing it? And when they do do it, you're like, so how come they're doing it now? Yeah, there needs to be more uh, open rules. Like you mm. need to see what these rules actually are as yeah. to how these house robots are supposed to be working and when they're supposed to come along and decide they're just gonna completely swarm and surround a robot so it can't move. Yeah, exactly. Six point five meters, most of the time good enough. Because you can always bet on one person not getting anywhere at all. So Yeah, well, it happens almost every episode. Yeah. Next up comes giant helmet Ivanhoe. Ivanhoe goes down
1: the middle and pretty much immediately gets stuck on the ramp. Yeah. You know, the the one wheel on, one wheel off kind of problem. It's like okay, it's stuck. It's no traction problem.
2: So what does what does Tilda do? Well we see little did we know Ivanhoe happens to just be a house robot <laughs> all the house robots come together Matilda gives Ivanhoe just a little nudge nothing that could possibly damage Ivanhoe just getting it off being stuck on the ramp so that gets Ivanhoe up and over the ramp that's nice and then they essentially just part yeah like you know
1: and if- just watch him go through so Matilda gets him off the ramp and into a decent position and then he quite merrily just drives forward without caring the world to the finish line.
2: Yeah. All the house robots are there just, just watching. Like, well, like, no, I'm not going to go after Ivanhoe. It's got a lance.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, well, we're not messing with him. It's got a lance, man.
2: So Ivanhoe basically gets a free pass through the gauntlet. Yeah, No opposition whatsoever. After seeing Talos get swarmed, Ivanhoe is just fine. Like, yeah. Yeah. Not just fine, but had the extra
1: bonus of Matilda going round the back of the ramp. So driving all the way to the back of the ramp so that they can then push Ivanhoe across. I've just, uh, something about that really irks me.
2: It's not right, is it? It doesn't make any sense. Like, how can you be sitting in the pits watching that uh, thinking you stand any chance? It's like, change the gauntlet.
1: Don't just keep having this problem where bots get stuck and then have the house bots completely
2: break character and start nudging them. You know, it's like... You never know what you're going to get as well. You either get stuck and they start nudging you and let set you free (laughs) Or you get stuck and they decide they're gonna just kill you. And they swarm you and push you right back to the starting line.
1: Oh, okay. Speaking of. <laughs> Brute. Brute goes down the middle, gets stuck on the blocks, and Matilda comes and instead of helping Brute, just without any mercy, cuts straight through a wheel
2: so like a hot knife through butter like it made i don't even know if the chainsaw was on it felt like it was it so really just goes straight through these wooden wheels it go straight through as if the hole was already there yeah, it's so harsh
1: as well because you look at what they did with ivanhoe where it just
2: pushed them over what they did to brute was savage not only destroy the wheels but then makes a point of pushing the small amount of distance brute got yeah. pushing him all the way back to the front so at this point i think it's fair to say that the cooler your bot looks the more chance you've got of getting through the gauntlet even if you are a child (laughs) because they spend ages focusing on the disappointed broken-hearted child at the helm of this machine and
1: this was a young boy
2: yeah he was like 11 years old or something Something bizarre. Getting only three meters. Being interviewed by Craig, who makes a lot lots of points about how crap his bot is. Essentially, don't cry. And it's like, dude, don't say that to the kid. And then, then the and all the audience laugh (laughs) at him. Oh man! And they keep it all in the show oh that like they were trying too hard to be like yeah look we are edgy this is 90s yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's
1: like they had to make a point of being extra harsh to the kid bringing in your wooden wheels this is robot (laughs) wars come on man have some respect (laughs) i was like like, dude he's a kid who's probably really proud of that box man
2: yeah three meters purely because matilda decided that that's how far brute was going to be going yeah literally yeah yeah he may as well have just slapped the kid as he came out like he was one step away from just throwing him in the bloody gauntlet himself like what the hell he least be nice oh let him get through to the to the trial around where he would have been beaten anyway yeah exactly anyway penetrator slowly penetrates the wall yeah they're all going down the middle now yeah, penetrates down the middle
1: over the ramp pretty much gets shunted as soon as it gets the other
2: side of the uh the ramp and then dead metal full-blown bear hug and pushes them right back yeah just completely eats penetrator alive just gets him in the claws and pushes and pushes and pushes maybe they felt a little bit guilty about brute and thought well maybe we'll try and eliminate penetrator instead but it was it was too late he even tried to like navigate him back to the side of the ramp there was like there was a clear attempt by dead metal to get him eliminated. Too late. The, the ramp and everything had already been surpassed, which meant there was too many obstacles in the way to do anything. Yeah. 5.2 metres. Again, too unfair to judge Penetrator on pretty much anything. I mean, he got through the wall, okay, but this isn't robots smash through brick wall walls. No, it's just robot wars, Like, But it is really frustrating to watch the
1: house bots either help a bot, block the bot's path, or actively try and destroy the bot.
2: And there's no pattern to it. There's no pattern as to when, as well. Yeah. Like, Penetrator at first had no obstacle in terms of house robots. Yeah. And then they decided to come along. I mean, what was it about Penetrator that they didn't like? Exactly. So it was the, the bot's name or the. Maybe. Maybe they were a bit like. Mm, I mean, Biggasy one, of the, two. Yeah, one yeah. of
1: the roboteers kind of looked like the kind of guy that judged your film choice in Blockbuster from the <laughs> other side of the <laughs> desk, but. I mean. <laughs> made an audible groan no matter <laughs> what you picked. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, definitely, he is now a moderator of an internet forum. Oh, There well. is no way he's not doing that, man. Oh, man. I wonder if we can get in touch with him and ask him what he does with his time. He's
2: probably just a really nice bloke now. Probably who said just a nice
1: normal bloke who happened to have an amazing mullet and big old specs. Yep. Proper, oh.
2: he had he had the aesthetic for the time. <laughs> he looked he looked like a normal nerdy bloke at that point yeah. in time. Up next comes the Killdozer.
1: I suppose... Uh,
2: yeah, we have to talk about Kildozer. Oh, Kildozer sounds like the name. You mentioned how Penetrator's uh, driver looks like he judged you based on your film choices of blockbuster. Kildozer looks like one of the ones he'd approve of. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you've killed him. Good yeah, choice. Excellent. <laughs> um, Band in the 80s, the Kildozer. Kildozer. Straight down the middle again. Shocking. I know. Down the brick wall. You've got to avoid the explosives, I'm afraid. Yep. Like We can't put the audience in danger like that.
1: So Killdozer has a bit of a ground clearance issue.
2: Does. Just about to get on the ramp, but gets stuck on the side. Does get saved a little bit, though, because it's just how it works now. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows
1: when things are going to go right or wrong on this show at this point?
2: There's not much to say about this one. It's not as this eventful is, this as a run. This is the
1: problem with the Courtney runs as well. We're trying to like flesh out, but at the end of the day, Killdozer goes forward it, it doesn't really work out, but it, it gets a little bit further,
2: I guess. And that's it. It gets to 5.8 meters. It must have been so boring watching this from yeah, the audience because exactly. you've got to watch them set up the arena every time, wait for the robot to come out, you think they wait got, for it to start. they got to do the
1: lighting. They've got to get the smoke machines heated up. they got all this stuff going on and then you just watch Kildoes drive forward for a bit and then get stuck.
2: Like, well, I don't know how it's long it. it is, two minutes, three minutes, 60 seconds, however long. I bet it felt like a long time to watch someone just sit on a ramp stuck. It's yeah. like slowly watch a house robot try and navigate its own way through the gauntlet without destroying it itself to so go and push it free. And, I mean, it's just... It's cringe. So cringe. You can see why the gauntlet doesn't last. It's a nice idea on paper, but what a ball ache. It almost feels <laughs> like the
1: gauntlet is a separate event and i think if you were going to do robot wars with a separate league for gauntlets then people would build bots specifically to survive the gauntlet oh, so they'd be small movable you know all these things
2: well, But future seasons i think literally as of season three that's essentially what we start to get yeah. the whole main competition will be battles and then everything you see in the trials gets its own little league oh that's neat. and then i think there are where well, there shows like you got the other shows. I think they were called, was it Techno Games, where it was literally like essentially sporting events for robots, like gauntlet runs and races and stuff. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So it's own separate show. So you know, the idea is nice. I think you're starting to find they're starting to realise what the problem is of trying to get people to make literally all-purpose robots from their garage. Yeah, it can it can race, it can do sumo. It can play football, it can run a gauntlet, and oh, by the way, it's also an incredible warrior. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's too much to ask of usually a dad and his two sons. They struggle to make something like that today that's competitive if you had to do all this stuff. Some of the,
1: like, you know, really decent bots from the latest series, you chuck them in the gauntlet, they're screwed. Yeah. They could be out straight away. They get stuck on the ramp. Can you you imagine imagine it? Oh my God, that'd be so frustrating. Carbide stuck on the ramp. Carbide stuck on the ramp and out. With like a three meter run. Tombstone oh. gets pushed to the front by Sir Killenot And then oh, it's no. Like, oh. why
2: would you do that? That's, it does not, it, you don't want to think too much about it. It makes you realize how much wasted potential there is in a lot of these early eliminated robots. Yeah. And we still haven't finished the gauntlet. GPH has to go. Oh man, let's just breeze
1: for it. Brick wall ramp gets mobbed, pushes over the line completed. So yeah. you actually have a really good run.
2: Uh, yeah, only notably different thing is house robots... Try to fight GBH, but GBH fights back and wins. Yeah. So it's again, it's a, a case of, oh, they decide they don't like this bot, but what they
1: weren't banking on was the fact that GBH is an absolute beast. Yeah. They have, ex-
2: this is the one experienced bot here. Mm. They know what to expect and they've got a decent machine here yeah. for the time to get through. So Brute's out. and they make a point that the brute children are cowards they've left they're gone already they left early they didn't even bother to see if they were going to be in or not Philip was literally lording over the empty space where their workstation was (laughs) look at these cowards they didn't even stay to cry (laughs) Man, it's almost like a a whole audience of people just laughed at a child's robot or something.
1: Can you imagine, like, Philip is like, could we just, like, not do this bit? Because I feel like we've been harsh enough. And the producer's like, do it! Mock them! Mock them!
2: It's like, aww. I want you to to search for tears on the table.
1: (laughs) Point it out! Point it out! Because time is a valuable thing in this show. You know, we've got, like, 20 minutes to fit all this stuff in. But they dedicated some time specifically to point out... That the kids are gone because they didn't want to face the music. And
2: it's like, dude, the
1: kids! It's a kid!
2: And with that said, Craig Charles, Charles gives us the uh, intro to the trial, the Ooh. tug of war. One robot
0: is history, another's future is equally grim in the trials. but you might think tug of war is all about weight, but it isn't. I mean, look at Pavarotti. He's heavy and he can't pull. No, you need traction to get a piece of the action. You need grip if you don't want to slip. You need power to be the robot of the hour. You need... Well, that's what we're here to find out. Each of our surviving robots will be chained to Matilda. Whoever has the least pulling power will be dragged out of the competition. Remember, if you can't take the strain, you've got nothing to gain. Let the trials begin.
2: Have we had a tug of war before? I feel like we
1: have. I feel like we have, and I feel like... Because they put Matilda in it again. Is Matilda the best bot for a tug of war? I've always figured Shunt seems yeah, to be the one that's made shunt. for it,
2: and Sir Killalot would be the one that would be too unfair. Yeah. Oh, big time. Like, so if they wanted to, if they wanted no one to win ever, you just put Sir Killalot there. Yeah. Don't even turn him on. Just leave him All there. All of them
1: tied to him at once, and he'd still <laughs> pull them straight into the pit. But, yeah, it's more of a Shunt event, isn't it? I mean, Shunt's the push bot. Surely Shunt is the pull bot as well. Yeah. But no, it's Matilda. Okay. So, big Tilly on one side, and then you're chained to her ass, I guess. Yes, and big, then <laughs> a big chain. By a big chain. And then there is just a pit in the middle. So not only is it don't get pulled over the line, it's don't get pulled into this kind of cool effect on the pit. It was really thick smoke used on it. Yeah, thicker than usual, I think. It looks like a bottomless pit. You could be fooled easily.
2: Yeah. yeah you don't see the machine once it's in there. It's no, totally just engulfed, engulfed. Yeah, yeah, into oblivion. So first up to run the tug of war is Ivanhoe. They did something called they
1: deflated their tires slightly to give themselves more traction.
2: That is clever. I like that a lot of the bots in this one have actually thought of ways to pass the trial. Yeah, They've done their best, considering they haven't made a tug-of-war robot. No one's made that. No one's one's made a robot to pull something. exactly. But they're giving it a good go. And it looks like Ivanhoe should be launched into the pit immediately. Hmm. I'm pretty sure Matilda probably could have, based on the few... Bits of effort you see put into this from Matilda. Yeah. Where suddenly Ivanhoe goes launching forward. So you can
1: see the chain go slack every now and again, where yeah. Matilda simply stopped pulling. Yeah. And
2: it's like, well. Every time it tightens up, Ivanhoe is being pulled. Yeah. Every time. Exactly. So they. I think at any given moment, Matilda could have pulled Ivanhoe straight into the pier. But then you wouldn't have had Ivanhoe for the rest of the episode, you see? Exactly. And it looks like a big knight's helmet, and that's cool. So it Rigged. lasts 22.35 seconds. Out of 30, so that's pretty good. So next it's GBH. They do something cool as well. They've like attached sort of these metal spikes underneath the machine near the wheels yeah. and the ramp to kind of ground itself and like dig into yeah. the ground. It's awesome. That is very clever and it works at first. So Matilda does actually have
1: to give it her all yeah, to she drag this to try. You know, yeah. Whereas with Ivanhoe, you know, the chain got slacked where there was some theatrics. Matilda is full frotto on GBH. <laughs> And it
2: takes them 20 seconds to drag GBH into the pit. Yeah, it's less time than Ivanhoe, but that's 20 seconds of effort from Matilda. It has to get those spikes out of the ground. Yeah. You could
1: almost see the moment where Matilda goes to full-bone fling GBH across the arena, and nothing happens. And you could just imagine the backstage going, Uh-oh. What? <laughs> what has GBH done? The script? <laughs> They've got what underneath their butt? (laughs) And it's like, Can they do that?
2: (laughs) Like they would ever disqualify
1: someone. Exactly. No, they just have them get destroyed by the house bots instead, don't they? Yeah, exactly. That's how you disqualify someone. Just eliminate them. Exactly. Yeah. So GBH does 20 seconds. That's pretty cool. Next, Penetrator. Um, Pretty much straight away
2: gets (laughs) mercilessly dragged straight into the pit. Puts up absolutely no fight. These guys, I guess, didn't have a plan. They were relying on their... Mm. the pure power of their machine they would have seen everyone else modifying their bots yeah. and they s- sat there with their feet up and was like
1: nah now nah, we'll penetrate fine. will do it maybe they were banking on being a favorite and being like i'm sure matilda will take care of us,
2: us maybe or yeah. maybe they were just they were so dedicated to the penetrator name they knew they had to go in the pit <laughs> oh boy <laughs> straight <laughs> in i mean 9.75 seconds we've spoken about this now for about three or four times longer than it lasted Exactly. There we go. That's how bad that run is. It's awful. And again, favoritism
1: and rigged and blah, 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 blah.
2: Yeah. Talos time. They're using their four-wheel drive now. So they're going for the uh the power and the pushing power, the pulling power in this case. Yeah. It actually does a decent job. 21 seconds. Sorry.
1: Uh Yeah. That was a, they came in with a game plan and they had the engineering behind it and they did hold out. Again, I I know we keep going back to it, but how the hell did Ivanhoe get 22 seconds? (laughs) Because it's rigged. It's so rigged. So
2: rigged. The only positive side for the rest of the bots now is knowing that you only have to beat 9.75 seconds. That's true. If you could put your all into it and get to 10 seconds, you're through.
1: Yeah. Killdozer.
2: Oh, the Killdozer. This is genius. Kind of criticizing its design, but this is one thing it is very damn good at. Its front shovel just grips the floor because yeah. it tips it downwards. They just dropped it to the, and the, and that was it. It was not moving. <laughs> yes, it was didn't. done. <laughs> I don't even know if Killerlock could have moved it. No. It was absolutely wedged to the ground. It was gripping the floor to the point where I think if you had the force to pull it off, it would have been the force to have to like bend yeah. and misshape that. Um, You've had to have snapped
1: the shovel clean off to have been able to pull that bot forward
2: a great run clever i mean not fun to watch it's 30 seconds of just watching two robots not move but that- <laughs> just that
1: amazing trolling by killdozer in the producer's heads they probably thought that it would be wheel spinning rubber burning action yeah some smoke and- <laughs> coming off all the rubber of the wheels and you don't get
2: that anyone. they just are just brick themselves, basically, <laughs> and that's it. That's amazing. What I will say about this trial is, I don't know, it's one of the better ones we've seen, but not because it's a particularly good event, but because most of them actually went into it with a fairly yeah. creative method to try and win this specific event. It was an actual an attempt at measuring a bot's performance. You got the impression everyone here except Penetrator wanted to go through. Yeah. <laughs> If you ignore the ridiculous blessing that Matilda gave Ivanhoe, and
1: Penetrator, I suppose, just throwing in the towel, it it did actually feel like these guys had to sit up, come with a game plan, and prove that their bot actually had enough pulling power to survive this. And if you compare that with, like, football... Which measures nothing of a bot. Yeah, exactly. Well,
2: like football is, was pure luck. It was where. Exactly. Whoever the ball happened to touch before it rolled itself into a a net. Exactly. But yeah, that actually went pretty well. That was more entertaining than most trials. Hell yeah. Gotta give it that. And now finally, finally, in Robot Wars, we can watch some robots fighting. It's so frustrating that it takes so long.
1: And then some of the matches just go so quick. It's like, ah, oh, yep, God damn it.
2: Get a little interview of Ivanhoe. They don't want to face any wedges, and I can't imagine why, because they Ivanhoe just is self it's self writing. They, they, they proved that
1: earlier in the episode when he totally didn't push his bot back onto its front.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I don't understand that, but anyway, they're against the killdozer, so that didn't go too well. Awkwards. So Killdozer can get under them, but
1: at first doesn't really have the strength to, uh, to flip.
2: Ivanhoe is almost too bulky and too big for Killdozer yeah. to really get the right kind of, uh, not enough, leverage over exactly, it. Exactly. Not it enough of a
1: run up to get a good wedge. And then the lifting just is, I don't know. It, it, the idea was there. Anyway, you only get one attempt because after that, everything ends up in the PPZ and all hell breaks loose.
2: Yeah, it's straight, um, straight into, the house robots deciding who wins this now exactly they decide to kill killdozer shocking there was no favoritism towards ivan for the rest of this at all <laughs> we at least do get Sir lots full theatrical yeah. finishing move lifts up killdozer straight over to the flames gives it a barbecue this is what half of the backstage stuff was cut for so we could get this in full yep. which isn't too bad to be fair it's a cool image definitely Carries it straight over to the pit. Remember, kill, kill a lot still new. So this is an impressive feat to watch it just Hell casually yeah. lifting these machines that take four or five guys to lift normally straight into the pit. Ivanhoe wins. I was going to say doing absolutely nothing, but the one thing Ivanhoe had going for it was that it was too big to be tipped over by Killdozer. Because if that happened straight away, then it would have been over. Yeah,
1: this would have been over straight away because they did have a
2: a chance there to flip him. Oh, no, but but I'm wrong because Ivanhoe would have (laughs) self-righted. Right? (laughs) I know. It would would, (laughs) would have been fine. What am I saying? Yeah, Ivanhoe had this from the get
1: (laughs) So to summarise, Killdozer goes to turn him over, can't quite do it, but it would be irrelevant because Ivanhoe can, in theory, self-right. Yep. Then they flow into the PPZ, all the housebots then surround and kind of guard Ivanhoe um, while <laughs> kill a lot,
2: barbecues and drops. Killdozer. Game over. Ivanhoe wins via housebot. All you have to do is to slip a few quid to whoever drives the housebot and you can win an episode of Robot Wars. That's it. Next up, GBH versus Talos. This is really quick, actually. GBH flips Talos. That's kind of what happens. Yeah, there's nothing to it. Remember, self-writing was not a normal thing at this Mm. point. Just flipping someone over once was enough to win an event. That was it. Done and dusted. Two attempts to flip. Second does it. Game over. Talos never really stood a chance because Talos didn't really have much in terms of offense in it in the first place. Not enough to actually immobilize a bot like GBH. Exactly. And we've established now that GBH is a beast in spite of the show itself trying to... Get rid of him. I like the GBH looks more like a bulldozer than killdozer. It, it constantly confuses <laughs> yeah. me as I keep having to remember, remind myself in my head which one is which.
1: That's a really good point. That's is strange, isn't it? It does a better job as well. So yeah. there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: they had some technical work backstage, but GBH is
1: fine and ready to roll in the final match of the evening against Ivanhoe. GBH and Ivanhoe. So skill versus producer's favourite exactly. is essentially what we've got here. <laughs> So producers are scrambling to try and figure out how to get <laughs> Ivanhoe to win, but it's too late. No. GBH flips it instantly.
2: There's this tiny, tiny amount of dancing around as if something might happen, but yeah, GBH yeah. just flips it immediately. I'm sure Ivanhoe were like, you don't have to help us in this one. It doesn't matter if they flip us, we'll just self-right. You're self-right. Ha-ha, <laughs> <laughs> well. All GBH does is gently flip it just to make sure yeah. it doesn't roll over. See, that's quite clever,
1: actually, when you think about it, because if they, if there was too much velocity in the flip Ivanhoe might have just rolled right over and back onto their own feet
2: that's what they were going but because to it was just a off.
1: very gentle kind of nudge they got stuck
2: and the Ivanhoe team just look and stare in
1: disbelief yes, and they do and they know for a fact in the back of their heads they're just replaying that moment where they announced that their bot was self-writing and they've literally <laughs> over and over proved again. to the contrary right in front of the entire nation that that is not true
2: that clip going through in their head, the producer saying everything will be fine, Aww. them handing over that check for a grand to win the, <laughs> to win the event. I, all, <laughs> all in slow motion, revolving heads around them. It's just GBH is such a good bot. It is. It really did well. It's a fun, scoopy machine.
1: Yeah, it was nice and functional, nice and practical. I'd say they're bringing in a game plan. Everything was perfect. It lined up just right. And the, the bots it was competing against weren't amazing. That probably helped
2: a bit. But... It did help a little bit. What would have been the biggest competition for it? I don't don't even know. It's weird, isn't it? I mean... Killdozer, I suppose. I I guess it would have been Killdozer, because the only reason Killdozer was out was because uh, Housebot. Yeah, I think Killdozer would have been the only one that stood a chance. Ivanhoe gets pitted in the credits by GBH wasn't it not by the house robots no, by even...
1: GBH they let GBH uh pit it in the end
2: they just wanted Ivanhoe on screen as much as possible I that think was so. very very yeah, clear yeah. Wasn't and they it? just wanted
1: more highlight reel for the adverts so
2: but it looked good it was a good pitting as well at the end it was a good pitting it lasted yeah. longer than the 22 seconds that the battle lasted yeah good point but apparently it's the first time anyone ever mentioned having a self-writing mechanism Really? and it didn't work oh <laughs>
1: cuz <'Cause> i think <laughs> the it...
2: idea is like if you design the bot like that, and you include the fact that it's got an axe, usually that can be used to self-right. I guess. I don't. Yeah, did it? It didn't seem to flail its axe around at that point. That that might have given it enough. Nudge. You maybe, know, maybe, maybe
1: we were misreading the situation, and the axe had stopped working.
2: Oh, maybe it had. I mean, well, it had, it had, it, had been twenty-two mechanism. seconds. I had
1: That's a long time. That's crazy that you can watch the evolution go all the way from that to Apollo launching itself
2: back onto its feet. Apollo being so powerful that when it trails, tries to self-right, sometimes it lands back and on it, it to then. do it again. So many <laughs> rotations—that
1: <laughs> is crazy, isn't it?
2: So this episode aired January twenty second, nineteen ninety nine, and the viewership went up by eighty thousand to five point six six million. My God, making it second behind "Gimme, Gimme, Gimme" nineteen
1: ninety nine you- for you, right there. <laughs> Gimme 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 was the most watched show in the country. Which is crazy, because you go to people and you say Robot Wars, and they know what it is. But not everyone is going to have a clue what Gimme 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 is.
2: No, they're not. 5.66 million viewers. In the UK as well. That's like that's nearly... I don't know at that point what the population was exactly, but you're talking nearly 10% of the population were tuning in to watch Robot Wars. And this is what they saw. (laughs) GBH. 5.66 million people watched Mm. that kid. Yeah, get heartbroken and basically yeah. be called a coward and an idiot. Oh man, for lack of a better term, that is tragic. Oh. But then, if you're on what if you're on Team GBH to this day, you can sit there and say, "Well, yeah, I drew five point six six million
1: yeah. viewers." It doesn't come across in the show just how popular the show is. Because everything's so 90s-affected, you're kind of like, oh, it's 90, just that little yeah. little cheesy uh, robot fighting show, isn't it? And it was like, mm, that was like the number one slot. That was <laughs> killing it in the ratings.
2: It's, it. it's got that BBC low-budget feel yeah. to it as well. You can tell they're not pouring lots of money into this. This is almost exclusively all the bots are made by the teams out of their exactly. own pocket and that kind of thing. They don't even have to
1: pay for any of that. They just had to pay for the set, presenters and all that. Do you know what I mean? But the, the actual talent was provided for free by the Bo- Roboteers. You know, it's
2: they win a trophy as well. Like, that's yeah. it. That's it. There's not even money on the line. It's bonkers. 5.6. We watch wrestling. These guys, GBH are a bigger draw than top stars in the yeah. wrestling world right now. Think about that. By like double. Yeah. And you think about like the GBH
1: team and you see them like cheering with their arms in the air and they're just a bunch of blokes. <laughs> just just like, yeah, there's just... nothing, but they literally were doing that like cheesy cheer at the end in front of millions of people they could have done more they could have poured more money into the show do you reckon they realized that robot wars was going to get a big viewership whether they
2: spent money on it or not so they decided not to spend any money on it i don't know i think this season in particular is where it really starts to show that oh my god it's actually really popular yeah maybe once we see season three and four when it reaches i think that'll be its peak season three Mm. I'm making that up, but it feels right. That sounds good, yeah. And then maybe that's when they start putting a bit more money, because that's when you start seeing some more competitive machines all the way, rather than it being a case of being quite obvious who's getting to the final yeah. most of the time.
1: Yeah. There you go. So, what did you give that uh, that
2: episode? I gave it a solid three out of five, actually, because I found it really enjoyable. Yeah, I'd give it a three out of five. I'll go with that. Yeah, there was some good events. There was plenty of story. We had heroes. We had villains. Exactly. We had conspiracy. <laughs> conspiracy after conspiracy after conspiracy this may as well be a conspiracy podcast at this rate rate, we are literally sitting here in tinfoil hats trying to
1: figure out who's paying off the house bots (laughs) i mean every episode as well it's
2: every episode there's always one that seems to get away with more there's always one that's really skillful and seems to be able to do well itself one that shouldn't get so far one that should get further but just gets destroyed anyway it's just it's all dictated by whoever's driving the house robots
1: well, we're watching that episode, and we're watching the matches. And Sir lots in the middle of the arena. He's not even in the patrol zone. He's literally just hovering, waiting for an excuse just to just about. Start
2: trashing things. Yeah, <laughs> just wandering about aimlessly. Like, and it seems to be the excuses if even machine has stopped for about a quarter of a second. Yeah, then that—that's oh, it. That I, oh, well, yeah, we'll go. That's yeah, it. must be immobilized, mate. Yeah, done. Get Don't it. Get it. Trash it. Destroy. Control the other one as well, yeah. just, for, just to be sure. And
1: it's such so, strange for the BBC, isn't it, to have taken a robot fighting competition show and glamorize it, and then take away all competitive element and just go for those cheap visuals. For you know, you'd expect that from like other channels, but yeah. you would have thought you would have thought a little bit of you would have been like BBC. Well. Maybe they'll treat this as like a little science fair kind of thing going on, and just take it
2: seriously. That's what no. everyone has always hoped
1: for with Robot Wars—just yeah.
2: your fun tech show. But exactly,
1: never ends up that way. No, they always try and turn it into some cheesy fest.
2: I'd go to the cheesy fest. Well, no fest, I'm still entertained
1: by the cheesy fest. Yeah. You know, that's not changed, but. Uh how we end up talking about a 20 minute show for three or four times the length for the episode
2: it's because everything happens so briefly it's like a, a gauntlet run will be two seconds and yeah. somehow we've got some we can't. and like just one moment can get you a, such a response from us that we end up stuck on it
1: for, for so ages. long you can email us activate podcast at gmail.com we're on twitter you can find us at podcast activate that's the one because someone else already had activate podcast and we aren't bitter about that at all you can find us on facebook simply search activate the robot wars podcast you can find us on spotify just search activate the robot wars podcast we're also on pretty much all of the podcast platforms at this point
2: i guess yeah we seem to appear on them even if i haven't put them there (laughs) that's just suspicious (laughs) it's kind of weird
1: itunes if you give us five stars we get a bigger reach i think is how it works so if you can go on there leave a positive review and give us five stars uh yeah and that's pretty much it
2: yeah and thanks to everyone who has done that because now that one star review doesn't appear (laughs) <laughs> it still says we got one, oh, but it's not front and center, and the only thing people can read, which was really frustrating yeah. for about two years. We had like a
1: really good like rating, but the, as soon <clears throat> as you scroll down, you just saw this crazy rambling criticism.
2: Aww. Not that you can't criticize, but it's frustrating as hell when it's the first thing everyone had to see. How dare you criticize that podcast?
1: This high quality, expensive to run. <laughs> In no way at all are we like sitting here with like a, a last... decade old equipment. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> like a MacBook from 2009 and <laughs> two microphones plugged into the side of it.
2: That's it. We'll, That's see it.
1: Next, next we'll see you next next time. See you next year. See next year.